Welcome back to Baytown Engage. We really want to sit down with educators and get their insight on having to change their classrooms from face-to-face to virtual. What we wanted to do was to have this interview the way kids have been communicating since being out of school via Zoom, which can be difficult at times, but also rewarding. So with this episode, I had the chance to sit down with an educator, Kervin Tillis with Barbers Hill, and get his insight on the matter. Thank you so much for agreeing to be with me today, Mr. Tillis. How are you doing? Good afternoon, and thank you for having me, Arlene. I appreciate it. Absolutely. So, you know, we're doing this basically to talk about COVID in Baytown. And even though you're in the Barbara's Hill area, we consider all that Baytown. We're all family around here in this area. Right, right. And <laughs> as an educator, husband, and father, I would like to know from your point of view, as an educator, how has COVID really impacted your life and the life of your students right now? Oh, wow. It's it's a, you know, it's kind of a, it's a multi-tiered thing. On the simplest level, you know, when you think about everything, we left for spring break and never came back, basically. Mm-hmm. And that's been, it's been weird, you know, and I think kids enjoyed that for the most part, but then it starts getting real when you have seniors and kids who need to, you know, plan on graduating and things like that. And that uncertainty, the way that things have been up in the air, that's been difficult. I think on a, on a base level, as far as, my household, there's been some, there's been a multitude of positives in terms of us, you know, being together more. Right. Um, I used to tease my wife, you know, when I'd see her because, you know, she works and I work and I would always, you know, I'd sing doobie doobie doo with strangers in the night, you know, just, <laughs> you know, that kind of thing. And forgive my horrible crooner impersonation, but, you know, we would literally strangers in the night, you know, as far as not seeing each other, you know, we'd go all day without seeing each other. And it seems like we would only have really and truly, you know, maybe a good 90 minutes to kind of talk, eat, you know, those types of things. I was making a point to eat together as a family. And before you know it, people start going to bed about eight o'clock at my house. I'm, I'm the night owl, but everybody else is, is going to bed pretty early. So And now um, you're all there all day, every day seeing each other. Yeah, we've been seeing each other all day, every day, and you know I think we're we're unicorns in terms of in terms of the stats because I hear you know people breaking up and all kinds of stuff at you know all time high because of them you know being together so much. But that part of it kind of solidifying family bonds that has been it's been really good for us. A positive for you, like you said, it's been different for many people. It's like I'm with my kids all day and with my husband yeah. all day and my wife all day, and it has caused maybe a lot of tension for people. But as you said, it's a positive for you having That's that time with your family which is really nice absolutely absolutely and we've been blessed you know that i'm at work now but even when we were at home and when things were going on you know we're still still on the payroll so that helps and you know any any families i feel for them that have and a lot of our students are in that boat where they may not have that luxury you know and they may be under resourced and you know you start wondering you know how we're going to pay the rent Mm -hmm. How we going to eat, you know, those different things. And that doesn't that doesn't help the harmony in the house if you have those types of things on your mind. So a lot of um, stress. It's a lot of stress and frustration that question. we have. So we've been, been tremendously blessed in that regard. Absolutely. So how have you been doing the distancing with extended family? I think we notice it more now when you can't see your aunt, your uncle, your mom, your dad, anyone that may live close to you. We take those things for granted beforehand and now they're telling you distance and now it's only your immediate. Or some people only may have themselves in their home. How has that been for you, keeping the distance with family and friends? That's been a struggle. I've definitely 
tried to make sure because of the way I've been moving, I've been kind of back and forth coming to, to work and working at home as well, but I haven't interacted with a lot of people. I haven't had the opportunities to see a lot of my family and we typically try to get together, you know, like we just had Memorial Day and, you know, we always take advantage of, of the holidays to get together and we hadn't gotten together. I hadn't seen my dad. It's been a while. You know, we, we talked, but hadn't seen him. And he's not interested in seeing me in this situation. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> he's not trying stay, to get stay there, please, yes. son. Stay where you're stay at. Stay at your house, and I'll stay at mine. Call and, me uh, up. You know, we we've talked and things like that, of course, but just not hanging out with the, the family, the cousins, the, you know, the folks that will come over during the holidays and things like that. That's been different. So, how do you feel? Have you heard from your students? I know seniors have been impacted with prom and athletics and graduate graduation and like you said it went to spring break and never came back right. and now educators are told okay let's go online we're doing all this remotely which can be hard for many who love the interaction with their students Right. And kids may find it fun for a second not coming back, but like, wait, where's my friends? What about my scholarship for school or prom or uh, graduation? So how has it been for your students or the kids that, that you may mentor or be around? How have you tried to comfort them with during this time, which is probably hard to do, but how have you, uh, what have you heard back from them or how have you tried to comfort them during this time? I think it's been rough. I think some of my students, I say my students, some of our students here in the district interact with me on social media so, uh, via my Twitter. Twitter page and things like that. So that kind of gave them a little bit of normalcy. But with the distance learning, I think they've, and because I'm a coordinator now, their contact with me has been lessened because normally they would see me on a day-to-day basis. But in this situation, they are leaning more on, of course, their classroom teachers and their assistant principals, you know, for all the relevant information and things like that. And I know they've talked back and forth to them some. So my interaction with them has been limited, primarily through social media and, you know, know, they'll ask me things and, you know, they're so funny. They would always make it seem like I'm the one who's in charge of everything. You know, make it happen <laughs> till it's, you know, graduation. We got to have it till it's, you know, make it happen. And I'm like, that's not exactly my call, but I will definitely put in a word for you. You know, I, I miss that personally, just seeing the kids in the hallways and things like that. And I know it's, it's rough for a lot of them. Definitely, if you're a senior, definitely not the optimal way to end your high school career because, you know, yes, they're going to have a, you know, been blessed to be able to have a graduation ceremony this Friday, but the things that lead up to that, they hadn't been able to do. Something special about that last week of school, that last lunch, you know, I would make, I make a lunch list of of music every Friday for the kids. And I did dedicate a list to the seniors on Facebook, but, you know, they're not hearing that music at school or they're not sitting at lunch with their friends. You know, all those things that were kind of hallmarks of their social interactions at school have been cut off. So I know that's been difficult. I know for me, it was nice. You know, you remember back when you were in school, when you thought about your senior year and the buildup, like you said, and what the kids are not getting. And I think it shows the generational shift of how kids have been really imaginative of how they do things with the drive-by graduations and the Mm -hmm. online graduation, or they may meet on Zoom and have their own virtual prom, which has been so nice to see the kids trying to make the best out of it. But I know probably for you, someone who loved to 
interact with the kids. Like you said, you did playlists for them or whatever, not being able to help them more because yeah. our, all of our hands are tied on what we have to do because COVID has tied our hands completely, yeah. completely on what we have to do. So as a Baytonian graduate of Baytown, Sterling High School, which uh, we'll, we'll forgive you for that. It's very um, easy now. We're going to forgive you for that travesty. Um, <laughs> <laughs> what do you see or how do you feel personally? How do you see Baytown coming out of this? Do you see us being more unified altogether, all the surrounding communities, a different in how we may do everything in life? What do you see is going to have the impact of this is going to be for us? I'm always been an optimistic person, pie in the sky, if you will. And I think that the, the possibilities are in but I think it's about the approach to to normal when you come back because I don't think that it's going to be you can't just jump right back in and say hey this is you know right back like we used to do it there has to be a, a sort of a new normal and I think looking at you know just the way that we're interacting right now utilizing Zoom I think teachers I would hope that they would see the benefits of distance learning in terms of being able to flip their classrooms using apps such as this to you know record lessons and be able to do more hands hands-on and more interactive things during actual class time as opposed to maybe lecturing for 30 minutes and then maybe having 10 minutes to try to do independent work and then kids are having more homework. But I think that if we embrace the flipping, if you will, of the, of the classroom and doing more of the teaching where kids could go home and listen to something for 10 or 15 minutes or, you know, post something in a Google classroom or whatever and come back to the classroom the next day ready to engage in role play or talking about that scenario or actually working on problems. I mean, the possibilities are endless. And I think that's just kind of skimming the surface of what potentially could happen as we come out of this. Do you feel that we may have this underlying fear, parents and and students and educators, that this may happen again? And will we approach it differently, do you feel? Or do you think the fear may be, I can't do this again? You know what I mean? Because they're always talking about another wave of this happening right right when school's going to start in the fall. So how do you feel, do you think as a parent, the fear of this happening again as an educator, do you think we can handle that type of anxiety? I think as a parent, first of all, I think it's a it's a very realistic fear and I can totally understand it because if you have to go through this again and if it lasts longer, you know, you go right back to, you know, what about my job? What about my finances? What about my resources? There's a lot of different things that you have to look at and consider. So I, I, I could see how that could make me a bit anxious if I'm hearing that there's potentially a second wave or something like that. Teachers are the most resourceful people that I know. So they'll yes. they'll bounce back. They'll make it happen. They'll they'll do something. And I have to give, you know, I give kudos to teachers in my district in particular because I saw people come up during spring break to put initial plans together. I saw people come back, you know, when we were supposed to come back to school and they spent a week training and planning to be ready to implement district learning that following Monday. So it's amazing what you can do when you have a united front galvanized Absolutely. ready to jump in there. So I feel like from the educational side, I feel like there's, you know, not to sound like Gladys Knight, but you know, ain't no mountain high enough. I mean, there's a lot of different things you can do or you, that you can problem solve when you get like-minded people together focused on the same. I, and I fully agree with you. I have a lot of my friends who are in education from principal on down. And it seems like just personally, teachers were the most prepared for this because so many have already implemented some type of technology in their classroom to where it's like, okay, well, it's easy. I'm already up and loaded for the next eight weeks online. So no problem. It was getting the kids kind of, and the parents (laughs) Mm -hmm. in that mindset of that. But I 
I really feel that what made the educators essential was even though you're at home, you're really not there because you're getting the emails from the parents, emails from your students. Some are doing actual virtual classes. I know there were some kindergarten kids who had virtual class with their kindergarten teacher. And it, to me, for the high school kids going into college, it prepares you for that type of disconnect from the teacher, from the educator, where <clears throat> I know when I was in school, there's plenty of times I was like, I'm not coming in this week. Go to Blackboard. Everything is there. Turn everything in. It, it gets you prepared for independent, but yet right. dependent learning in, in a way. I love uh, it. I love was, it. I uh, was taking some classes not too long ago, and we would actually, we'd go on site and we'd listen to speakers, but we wouldn't come back for like a month. So in between time, you're working on things, you're posting it on Blackboard. Of course, you can't comment on other people's work and their opinions about things. And you had to, in addition to what you did, you had to comment on maybe two or three people's projects or whatever to start a dialogue. And then, you know, you'd go back a month later. Mm-hmm. So, you know, yeah, you're together and it's all good. But then you had basically three weeks of independent you know, study. You know, do you think? That's right. Yeah. What has been your struggles or has it been hard for you to reassure your staff, keeping the, keeping the teachers motivated? Has that been hard? Oddly, I don't think it's been hard. I think with our teachers and, and just the, the group, especially the group that I'm in charge of personally, they're just invested. They're mm-hmm. invested in, in the cause, if you will. And I hate to sound, you know, pie in the sky, but it is what it is. They just want to know, hey, what, what can we do? How can we do it? And they were willing to put their brains together and, and willing to problem solve. And so they've not only worked on, you know, plans and, and how to implement this uh, distance learning, but I think the most important thing that they have done more than anything else has been the extension of grace to students. You know, all students don't always have, you know, we did provide laptops for them. We were blessed to be able to do that, but they didn't always have Wi-Fi. So they'd have to take time to either drive over to the Raceway Park or drive up here to the school, log into the Wi-Fi, download assignments and things of that nature, then go home and do it. So um, that's tough. You know, you don't, you can't always say, well, yeah, every every day at 9 a.m., somebody's going to take me to the Wi-Fi hotspot and I can download it. It's not going to always happen that way. So I can't speak enough about the, the grace that our teachers have extended to students in order to help them be successful. And that's amazing. We all have to, we all have to utilize that grace. And, you know, you hear about it growing up, but mm-hmm. I think with COVID, it has forced us to realize we have to have grace with each other well, because everyone's situation is not the same. Resources are not the same. Some people who have it, they don't anymore. It's been a culture shock and a reality check for many of us. And I think I've noticed that it's been a nice collective of students and parents working with each other on social media. You have teachers across districts. If your child needs help with math, call me. I I got them. Your child needs help with English, reach out to me. And it, I, it didn't matter what school the child belonged to or right. district. You had educators out there truly trying to help because parents, that's that's not their ministry, you know. That's right. <laughs> you know, they, they were struggling. Some were truly struggling. And you have some who are also teachers and have kids. You got to worry about your child doing their work right. and dealing with their teacher. And now you have your own students. This has not been a vacation. <laughs> no, not, not at all. Not and you had kids who had to go to work to help out the household because, as you stated, some people didn't, they lost their jobs. So it's been, it's been interesting. I would love to see what Baytown turns into and if we remain with grace moving forward. But I want to say thank you so much. Please tell everyone again your credentials and who you are. Sterling graduate. Like I said, we'll, <laughs> we will, yes. I will exercise grace on that foolishness. Thank you. But... <laughs> 
<laughs> Once again, please tell everyone your name and what you do. All right. Well, I'm Kervin Tillis, lifelong resident of the area, raised in Magnet, Texas. I went to name all my schools. Is that all right? Go went right to ahead. Harlem Elementary, went to Baytown Junior School, Ross S. Sterling, the Ross S. Sterling. And from there, you know, with the college, with the University of Houston, graduated from Lee College, got my degrees from, in addition to Lee, got my degrees from University of Houston downtown and University of Clear Lake, respectively. Uh, worked in Goose Creek for about 10 years. Started off as a substitute teacher, worked in the after-school program, became a teacher, became an assistant principal. And I've been out here in Barbers Hill for the last, I guess, going on 14 years as a principal and administrator here. I had a wonderful career. I love, of course, I love Barbers Hill, but I love Baytown. It's possible to love Barbers Hill and Goose Creek. That's where I got my formative education. And so... It's my roots. Even though all named whatever, but it's your roots. Yes, shout out to Sterling Library. I've spent many a day there prowling through the, uh, you know, the old school, going through the card catalog. You know, we didn't look on the, yeah, on the computer. People miss it. People miss it. So, you know, but I've been here in this area and uh, I love, you know, working here. I love the people here. I love working with the young folks. I, you know, I didn't ask to become an educator. I just asked God to put me in a position to be a positive influence. And that influence or the things that I've been able to do have come through this, this educational path. I feel like I'm just a regular guy who's had some extraordinary opportunities and I just try to relish them every chance I get. Thank you so much for listening to Baytown Engage. Be sure to subscribe to our show on Podbean, Apple, and Spotify. Stay tuned!